If I believe in magic, I will find in twilight, in open spaces, in sunlight, in rushing waters, in moonlight, in green pastures, in street light, in blue skies. You are gone. Only life is so magically arranged that I can never see anything beautiful without feeling you. Oh, that you would see me two times in a day or once in a month, my life would be complete. If you believe in magic, magic you will find. You will never look at a sunrise and a sunset or the full moon without feeling me. That beautiful poem is written by our guest today, Claire Cinnamon. Welcome to Books on Air the podcast you really don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you are about to get a sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes with an author. You're going to find out their secret recipe for creating their book. They'll talk about where they get their ideas, and you might even get the inside scoop on their next project. If you want to know more, we'll tell you where to find them on social media. Now, are you ready? Okay, let's meet the author. Joining me today, again, is one of my favorite authors, Claire Cinnamon, and she's here to talk about Delena. That will be the third book in the 15,000 Times for 50 Years trilogy, also known as the Laney Cash trilogy. As it says on her blog, Claire Cinnamon is an author, a farmer's wife, a mom, a world traveler, a wine sipper, a coffee drinker, a cat lover, a quote collector, a style enthusiast, and we have to add the word, a poet. Claire holds two two degrees, one in business management and a second in psychology. If you've never read her work, let me assure you that she knows her way around a story. She creates strong heroes, sassy heroines, and snarl-worthy villains. Add a dash of sizzling romance plus heart-thumping suspense, throw in a plot twist or two, and here we go. I love her work, and I want to welcome back Claire Cinnamon. Claire, it's so good to have you here. Thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Suzanne. It's great to be back. Now, this is the third and last book in the trilogy series. The, there were two other novels preceding this. The first one, book one, was titled Laney Cash, and then book two is titled Laney and Jed. So I know that some of our listeners who are listening to this podcast are saying to themselves, wait a minute, I've missed something. I don't know about book one. I don't know about book two. So let's just give the listeners a little overview of what happened in each of those books so that we can bring them up to date with Delena. Sure. So in book one, which is Laney Cash, it is the beginning of Laney's life with the passing of her father, and she owns a large farm. And the rival farmer across the street all her life is who she winds up going to in an effort to hang on to the farm and manage the business. And in in doing so, she grows up and falls in love, of course. There are a lot of villains in the trilogy. There's greed and grief and rivalry. So you see many plot twists where Delena and Jed have to rely on each other, and that moves us into book two, and they are in love. 
but it's it's messy. It's a messy town. There's a lot of money involved, a lot of land involved. Book three, we get to the point where Delana has not finished her college degree, and it's time for her to take care of herself and do some things that she needs to do for herself, and Jed can see that. And so I dedicated that book to women everywhere because a lot of us come to that point where, you know, we want to finish our education, we want to have our career, and we want that man too. You know, the more I read your writing, the more impressed I am with the way that you write. Your prose is wonderful. You're so descriptive. Your words, your use of adjectives, it, it's seamless as I read it. And you go from one thing to the next to the next. And you're right. As I read this, the the love story is terrific, but there's this underlying, I mean, <laughs> there's this underlying suspense and this this horrible villain. There are two or three villains in this book. Where in the world, Claire, did you get these guys from? They're terrible. Yeah, so I've told you before I majored in psychology, and I do really enjoy delving into all parts of the human spirit, the good and the bad. Now, where they come from, I don't know, because I am a pantser, as I've told you. I write by the seat of my pants. I wake up, and it's just there. I can only attribute it to my fascination with psychology and how people turn out based on how they were raised and where they go and what they do. Well, this book, has these three books have been amazing. The thing that I really am curious about, and if our listeners have read the first two books and they're about to start on the third, they have to be wondering the same thing. These books are not simple. They're complex. We have this this, uh, Romeo and Juliet almost love story on the top where we're, we're talking about Jed and Lainey, and that's the theme that runs through the whole thing. But there's a character in the books that has no lines and that is one of the most powerful and most compelling characters in the book. And that's the land that both of these two characters own. I'm wondering about, you're a, quote, farm wife. You guys have land. Mm -hmm. Does this, I mean, it's tangible in the book. Does Mm -hmm. your feeling for the land, is that what comes through in the book when you're talking about that? Without a doubt. Uh, you know, I'm not an author who says the books aren't about my life. I'm, we're not Laney and Jed, but I was 26 years old when I wrote Laney Cash, and I was told, write what you know. What I know is land ownership and living in a small town. At that point, I hadn't traveled a lot, so I just sat down and, and wrote a combination and a culmination of many people in many places that came from farming. My family was one of the founding farm families in our county, as was my husband's. So they didn't have a rivalry that I'm aware of, like Laney and Jed, but they were on the outskirts, and they did own a lot of land, and that passes through, Suzanne. That passes through every generation into my own children who are now young adults. You know, do you leave? Do you stay? Do you buy more? Do you combine with somebody? And Laney and Jed go through all of that, right? Yes, absolutely. And it it just... Maybe it was just to me, but as I read this, I thought, this is a true character in the novel. It mm-hmm. has no lines, yeah. but without right. this theme, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be as powerful because it's such a driving force for these two characters. 
And you have these two main characters, but your secondary cast of characters is astonishing. How do you keep the stories straight? I mean, you have this this one story on top that's complicated, but then you've got all of these other characters that come into play. Yeah. How do you, as a pantser, <laughs> keep this straight, Claire? Oh, I think it's probably easier as a pantser than it would be if I were a plotter who took time and wrote over the course of a year or two years like some authors do. Being a pantser, it comes out so quickly that I really don't have time to get it all confused, if that I, makes sense. It's just boom, 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 and there it is. Lainey Cash, I, the first book I wrote in eight days, writing about 20 hours a day. So... Now, how does that happen for you? Do you just are you do you use a pad and a pen? Do you sit down at that computer and start pounding out the, and right, see well the that, movie? You're right. That was the year 2000 when I wrote Lainey Cash, and actually I wrote Lainey Cash's one big book that was 1,300 pages, and then over the course of eight months, and then I divided it into the three books. But the part that is Lainey Cash was only took me about eight days. So I was a pen and paper writer then, and I loved to write on pen and paper. But as technology increased and I wrote more and more novels, I trained myself to learn how to write on the computer without having to write something down, and that was the process. And now I actually prefer to write on the computer. And you sit down and the movie starts, doesn't it? Yes, and it is like a movie for me. In fact, I've had people say, isn't this more of a television series, or wouldn't this make a great, great movie? And there's talk of that, and you're right. there's so many characters that could certainly happen. Oh, easily. I can see mm-hmm. this being a series because it's, yeah. Yeah. first of all, it's so powerful. I mean, uh, it's just, you're so multi-layered with what you've done. And if any of our listeners have not picked up a copy of Laney Cash, they need to start that trilogy and see what I'm talking about because it's, for me... It's always such a pleasure to talk with someone like you who has this amazing creative mind. I mean, when you and I are talking, I'm talking so fast and I'm thinking so fast because I want to get so many words out that I feel like I stumble over myself because I'm so curious about how it all works. And you're such a pleasure to talk to because you're just so open and you're just so this is how I do it and this is how it works. People may be. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. It's been, um, you know, all of my adult life in the making to do that, to just say, here I am. I love that about being in my 40s. I don't give a rip. I really don't give a rip if I sell a book. It's out there, and I am selling a lot of books. But when you're a true artist, it's about here it is. These are, you know, get into this story and get to know these people. I want you to meet these people. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I get it completely. And I think that's amazing that your brain is so wonderful that it just drives you like this because you just go to another place. I also think that books like the ones that you write are like diving into a swimming pool. Right now, everything has been such a mess for the last year. You and I talked about everybody has unwillingly taken a gap year. Mm -hmm. And because everything has been... So there's been so much pressure. People have been ill. People have lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. Escape is something that I think is so, so, so needed and so, so, so valuable to help us deal with all these stresses and strains. Your books are that refreshing dip into the deep end of the pool because I can dive right into Laney Cash or Laney and Jed. 
the world goes away. I go right there. I'm right in that little town in Mallard, Mississippi, watching what's going on with all these characters. So thank you for writing these books and for being available now so that people can read them and escape. No, thank you. That is all I ever want to hear about writing a book is that someone went to Mallard for a little while and saw these people that somehow exist for me. (laughs) And they're not actors. They all have unique individual faces, don't they? They really do. (laughs) Well, see, this is why you and I get along so well. I understand. I get it. (laughs) Great. I've written unpublished fiction. I get it. Right. Right. Let's talk about the new book. Now, I know okay. that, that you have some really strong messages and strong themes in Delena. Yes. So Delena moves in a slightly different direction, although Lainey and Jed certainly retain their strong feelings for each other and the main characteristics of their personalities. They're both pretty stubborn and intelligent and driven. But she does go away to college. That's not a surprise. That's mentioned in book two. At the end, you know she is going to the University of Texas. And, of course, there will be evolution with that, as all people have when they move away and or go to college. So I explore her identity as a woman and, you know, going through that process of getting educated and possibly wanting a career. But she has that hometown. She has Mallard. It doesn't go away. It's very important to her, as you mentioned. And Jed's not going away either. That kind of love, you know, doesn't go away. Sometimes we move on, try other things. But everybody maybe has that Jed in the background. Right. There's always Mm -hmm. that, that first love, that hot first love. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Well, let's say... And I should mention, too, Suzanne, not to interrupt you, but... No, go ahead. Cabot, there are many villains, but Cabot was her prior love interest in the beginning, uh, and, you know, he has that greed, and he plotted against Delaney and Jed, and, of course, he reappears in book three, and his derangement is going to a new level. If you were afraid of people in book one and two are particularly afraid of Cabot, then get ready for me to truly explore what happens when someone who's been so wealthy and successful loses everything. Is there a section about Cabot that you would like to share with the reader, with the listeners? I will. So this is in chapter seven and um, Delaney has been at the university of Texas, which is in Austin for a while. And Cabot's been looking for her, trying to find her because that's his, idea of revenge at this point since he can't reappear in Mallard because you know he's a fugitive of Mallard. So here we go with a little bit about Cabot in book three. Not a person in Mallard would recognize Cabot. Ragged black hair, bony body, sleeve tattoos on both arms and chains hanging from his belt. He looked like what he had become. No one to trust. Pushed to the brink tonight, Cabot needed real drugs. Toting a wad of cash, he wandered in a dark part of the city and made an exchange from a smelly, devoid soul muddling through a hell bigger than his own. Cabot walked on toward a street, a hangout spot for the college students. On a lane between a bar and bushes, he sat down and got high. He became one with unicorns, fairies, and spaceships, and in that other world, a shooting star blazed and hit him like a directed missile. Laney, there she was. Wow. How low the mighty have fallen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, that's, that's amazing. I also am really afraid of Chief Rayburn Hall. 
yeah. <laughs> and Sheriff Daniel Boyd. <laughs> yeah. I know. We have, um, uh, that was written 20 years ago, and we've got a, a crooked police force. No harm meant <laughs> to our wonderful policemen these days. It feels like I'm hitting them hard again. But, you know, this is small town, and this is fiction, and, yes, they are a well, they're not the only ones that are corrupt, right? There's a little circle of people in Mallard that are all corrupt. It's amazing how you have woven that together. I mean, it's just, I don't want to sound like I'm ranting and raving, but I really do enjoy your style. I really like your work. I, I don't normally say that about authors, but you have just been so much fun to read and to have the pleasure of being able to talk to you about this is just so much fun for me. I hope that the listeners will get that enthusiasm and will get that excited and will go ahead and pick up all three books and read the whole trilogy because it's easily worth your time to do that. Let's talk about where the book is available now. I always go to Amazon, and it's always available on Amazon, and your other work is also available there. Let me spell Delena, and let me spell your name so that when the listener goes to Amazon, if perhaps they've never done that before, um, if you put in www.amazon.com and just click on it, it'll take you right to the home page for Amazon. And there's this big, big, big search feature at the top. It's a big, long, rectangular box. If you'll type in D-E-L-A-I-N-A, that's the way that Claire spells Delana, by Claire, C-L-A-R-E, Cinnamon, exactly like the spice, C-I-N-N-A-M-O-N, and just click on it. Then the book will come right up. You can read an excerpt from the book right there. And there's also a, a place to click so that you can buy the book right there. And I'm sure that you could get all three books. They're all connected. Is there somewhere else, Claire, that you want to push people toward that they might buy a book in another place? The books are on Barnes and Noble also. Perfect. And they are ebooks or print copies at both places. And hopefully now that things are opening up I have some book signings planned and so you might look look out on my social media to see if I'm coming somewhere near you in the next year or so. Well let's tell people where you 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 can be found on social media. So yes. It's um on Instagram it's Claire Cinnamon. And on Facebook, it's Claire Cinnamon Author. On Twitter, it's at Claire Cinnamon. And then my blog is from Claire Cinnamon on WordPress. And your blog has really got some interesting things on it. I looked at it this morning, and you've taken a trip to Utah. Yes. Well, travel is my, my most exciting thing besides writing that I like to do. So I think I've been to 45 or 46 states, and I just decided during quarantine when we couldn't get to anywhere, maybe I should write about some of that, another form of escape. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a great idea. Now, yes. you've got some new projects in the wind, but we're not going to talk about those because I don't want to take away from Delena, but I want our listeners to sort of keep keep their eyes peeled because mm -hmm. there'll be some breaking news that we'll do the next time you and I talk. Great, yes. You know, 
you know me. You and I have talked a couple of times, and you know that one of the things I like to do is to give an author the opportunity to have the last word with the listeners, because I think that's so important. It's your work. There, there are always stories behind the books. There, the, there's the book that the, the listener reads, but then there's also the story that's behind the book. And I think you have given the listeners some little uh, peek behind the, the curtain so that they can hear that this is from your real life. This is a trilogy that's long. This is well-written. I can't imagine that you wrote it when you were so young and that you wrote it so quickly. When the listener becomes a reader and they either pick up a paper copy or an electronic copy of either the trilogy or Delena itself, they read the trilogy, they read the last book. What is it that you want them to take away from this work? Well, first of all, I'm not attached to any outcome as an author. I just want people to to read and like reading. So that's number one. If they close the book and they say, wow, I enjoyed reading that or that was fascinating or I want to know more about what she writes, then that would be great with me. But as far as a takeaway for myself, because I was in my late 20s and really just starting to travel and early married and a young woman with all these thoughts and dreams. To women, I would say, you know, Delena is every woman. She goes through so many things as she grows up, and we all do. We're juggling a lot of roles, and there's a lot of expectation. So I hope you see in yourself Delena and the choices and that it's okay to be wrong sometimes, and it's okay to just plunge forward, and it's okay to be spontaneous and accept and in love all the things that are going to happen to you as you grow older. And for men, because there are a lot of men readers, it's the suspense. Just, you know, who's coming next? What are they going to do? And just recognizing that real life can be like that, and you can also escape from real life for a little while and read about someone else. Well, strong characters, too. I mean, Delena survives so much, not only danger and deceit from people close to her, you know, but it's the death of of people who were important to her, finding out things about herself and about her past that she Mm -hmm. had no idea. So she goes Mm -hmm. through so much. And Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think that in this day and time and in this society, people have gone through so much and continue to go through so much that many, many people will identify with her. And your mm-hmm. male characters are very strong male characters. And I can see how men might be drawn into the intrigue and the violence that also mm-hmm. is in the book. It's mm-hmm. it's intriguing, it, and it just mm-hmm. pulls you forward. You, can't, you can hardly stop reading, which is what I think every author wants to hear. But you can hardly stop reading. Yes, you're just making my day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's nothing in this for me. I mean, I just am trying to get people to understand what a good quality trilogy of books this is and how much I really think they would enjoy themselves as they read this and they would finish it. I mean, you're like potato chips and popcorn. I want more when I finish at the end of it. So this has been so much fun. It's an absolute pleasure always to talk to you, Claire, and I hope that you'll come back again and we'll get to talk again about future works. 
Thank you. Let me just say that the 15,000 times series, um, Jed has male cousins through the business, and so some of the other books that are not in the trilogy that are out now and are coming, that is his family. So people might enjoy realizing that they could pick, pick up a single book in that series and still read about people in his family or even see him mentioned. Oh, yeah, good, because mm-hmm. those cousins are interesting in and of yeah. themselves. Yeah, Thank you. and that family dynamic is interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to stop talking because you yes. and I can just talk and talk and talk to one another. This has been great. Don't forget, listeners, you can find the latest of Claire Cinnamon's book, Delena on Amazon and also the other two books in the 15,000 Times for 50 Years trilogy are also available right there. Thank you so much for being with us today. You've been listening to Books on Air, the podcast that's brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear our podcast on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I truly hope that you'll join our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.